Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. What came first, the chicken or the murder? I'm Jason Horton. I'm Rebecca Lieb. And this is Ghost Town. On the last day of his life, 56-year-old cancer-laden Mardiros Isaacendrian get out of bed, put on a white suit, grabbed a 9mm handgun and a 38 caliber revolver, put them in his coat pocket, told his wife he was going to his restaurant, Zanku Chicken, to see an old friend. He didn't go to Zanku Chicken. He murdered a couple of people. We're going to talk about the Zanku Chicken murders, and then we're going to eat Zanku Chicken. It's going to be full it's circle. Gonna, full circle. It's going to be really exciting. Where does the chicken end and the story begin? Who knows? Well, I mean, I know. It starts with I'm the hungry. story. Yeah. I'm hungry and I want to get through the story so I can eat the chicken. If you're from LA or you have lived here, you know Zanku Chicken. It's this little kind of uh, fast food, like very unpretentious rotisserie chicken place. And it's Armenian, Mediterranean style rotisserie chicken. It's got hummus and pickled radishes and it's incredible like it's very delicious it's like it's like a, a chain but a very mm. low-key chain yeah and it's a local it's it's kind of like the in and out of rotisserie chicken here if that makes any sense at all but it, it has a cult following to it too like you see just people it's in the media like it's just like a strange kind of like la culinary part of our culinary identity, I guess. But the first Zanku chicken opened in 1962 in Beirut, Lebanon, by Armenian-born Vartkis Izakendrian. His son, Mart, grew up being fed the famous, famous Zanku garlic paste that would, again, become the signature and is kind of the, the best part about going to Zanku, in my humble opinion. His mother, Markrid, is the woman who pioneered the white garlic sauce. And I don't, I'm going to try to describe it to you, but if you're in LA, you should try it. It's like, it's not a sauce. It is. It's like a paste that you put on pita and on the chicken. And it's really like garlicky, but not like too overwhelming. And it's a secret. It's like a family secret that you can try to replicate, but you can't quite get it right. In any case, Vartkis, his son, Marts, created this restaurant. Mardiros was the first child. And when he was Older, he was kind of this like famous, successful playboy in Beirut. Eventually, Marge settled down and married his 19-year-old neighbor, Rita Hovakimian, 
after she kept spying on him on her adjacent rooftop. A few years earlier, Mardiros had been implicated in a notorious jewelry store heist and murder, an inside job by three friends who killed the son of one of Beirut's A-list families. Not knowing that his friend was one of the three robbers, Mardiros let him use his apartments to stash jewels, essentially, from the heist. Mardiros' testimony ended up sending the three to prison from that day on, alert to revenge. He carried two pistols wherever he went. Rita and Mardiros shared a two-bedroom walk-up in the crowded Armenian quarter of Burj Hamoud with his parents, his two sisters, his mother's mother, a survivor of the Armenian genocide. Rita was always a little in disbelief at how devoted Mardiros was to his mom. Before we married, he told me, I am going to live with my parents my whole life. I will never leave my mother. But it was too much. My mother, my mother. She was the queen of the house, not me. Next to God, it was his mother. So this is the culture that we are starting out this restaurant and this family identity. Right below where Mardiros and his family lived was Zanku Chicken in Beirut, the restaurant they named after an Armenian river. There was no cash register, no table, no chairs. They used every square foot to clean and salt the chickens, roast them inside a pair of rotisserie ovens, and keep the golden brown holes and halves warm. Customers parked on the one-way street, ran in, handed the cash to Mardiros' father, and ran out with their order. It was a drive through before there were drive throughs recalled Garo, Derkenjmian, I'm sorry about these names too, Beiruti Armenian who befriended the family. The mother would be standing in the mezzanine in her apron, cleaning the garlic cloves and whipping up her paste. And the father was a cash machine. All day long, the same movement, his right hand stuffing wads of money into his left shirt pocket and pulling out the change. Mardiros was helping turn the chickens when he wasn't having fun. Soon Rita and Mardiros had their first child, Dikran, and planned for their future. In 1979, Mardiros was sitting outside one of the empty storefronts less than a block from Zanku Chicken when two men on motorcycles sped by. The motorcycle drivers, wearing masks and clutching AK-47s, circled back around, fired dozens of rounds, hitting Mardiros with bullet after bullet, 16 shots in total. It was a miracle that he did not die. And right then and there, he decided that he had to get out of there and take his family with him. Vartkis, Mardiros, and his young family moved to LA in 1983, really, really not wanting to open another restaurant. It was just too hard of a life. It was messy. Not worth it, Vartkis thought. After considering opening a dry cleaning business or selling men's suits, the family realized that there weren't restaurants that serve the growing Mediterranean immigrant population in Los Angeles. And LA right now still has a growing Armenian and Lebanese population, which started when the Lebanese fled during their civil war. So, they did start a restaurant, and they called it Zanku. They picked a tiny place next to the laundromat on the corner of Sunset and Normandy after a year, word started spreading about Zanku chicken. The LA Times would call it the best roast chicken in town at any price. Zagat would anoint Zanku with one of America's best meal deals. And Jonathan Gold, of course, our favorite food critic, RIP, would call the chicken superb, and nothing in heaven or on earth compared with the garlic paste, which... It's true. Zanku was making $2 million a year, half of it in pure profit. Mardiros was sure that they would expand, but his family didn't want to. In 1991, the family agreed that he could take the Zanku concept and build it into other restaurants that would completely belong to him. In return, he would sign over his stake in Hollywood to his parents and two sisters. Of course, the garlic paste would still be prepared entirely by his mother and used at all the Zankus. Mardiros' sister, he would pay her to manage some of the new stores. It was a big family affair very entangled and would get pretty messy. Mardiros opened, and again, I apologize if I am mispronouncing names, 
The second Zancun, Glendale, which had a huge Armenian community, then Van Nuys, then Anaheim, then Pasadena. And the family stayed very tight after their father, Varkas, died. Zovig, her kids, Marderos' kids, now he had four of them, Dikran, Steve, Ara, and Varkas, named after his father, all hung out constantly. While Rita would take care of Marderos' 97-year-old mom, he would expand the business, hang out in Vegas, do philanthropic work for Armenian causes in Los Angeles. In 2002, Marderos was diagnosed with terminal brain cancer and colon cancer. He was going to fight it, but if he died, he told his sons, Dikran 25, Steve 23, Ara 18, and Varkas 17, that they would be taking over his Zankus. His sisters, Zovig and Hagen, and mother didn't say anything when he announced this news. His mother didn't ask what kind of cancer he had or what his prognosis was, any follow-up questions whatsoever. Instead, she just put down her coffee and blurted out in Armenian, your sons, the shadow they cast is not yours. Very, very cold. Then she rose, walked up the stairs to her bedroom and shut the door. And it's true, his kids were kind of a mess. Varkis, the youngest and maybe the smartest one, was a total pothead. Ara was addicted to painkillers. Dikron, the oldest, got caught in an elaborate scheme to cheat on a law school entrance exam. He paid a fine and served probation, but his dream of being a lawyer was gone. He, No one would admit him after that. Instead, he went a different direction and became a born-again Christian. The second kid, Steve, had his own issues. In 2002, he went to a motel in Sherman Oaks on a winter night in 2000 to meet a prostitute. He didn't know that she had a listening device broadcasting to her pimp who stole his money. Steve gave chase down a freeway and shots were fired at the pimp and the prostitute hitting their car. Steve was charged with two counts of attempted murder and bail was set at $1.4 million. The prosecutor made a small error during the trial telling the jury about a prior crime that Steve didn't commit. His attorney objected and the judge declared it a hall a mistrial. Steve pled guilty to a lesser crime, did a year of work, and was let go. But again, these kids were not exactly high-minded entrepreneurs. Let's take a little break and we'll get back to all those kids and all those parents. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hi, hello, how are you? Hi, hello. This is the check-in. Here we are, we're checking in. Let us know now or forever hold your peace. Yeah. No, I'm, we're kidding. You don't, no. you don't have to hold it no. at all. Uh, Whenever, we're available. Constant dialogue, constant dialogue. We're checking mm-hmm. in with you. Yeah. You can check back in with us, see how mm-hmm. we're doing, how we're hanging in there. Why not? I'm probably on the road at this point. Heading to Wisconsin, and again, being as COVID safe as possible. I'm probably on the road either editing this in the bedroom or the living room. I don't know where life's going to take me. In a hallway road. I got it. 
We don't know, but yeah. hello, we want to say hello to our government. Sure. Never takes a break. Never. They're working around the clock to ensure our safety. Brandon Gaddis, Jeanette Link, Ben Forsyth, Ashley Matson, under the kind, gentle, but firm <laughs> hand of our governor, Chris Witt. Chris Witt. I like how he gets personified slightly differently at every episode. He's complicated. Our Patreon, thank you for asking everybody, is, because <laughs> you never heard me say it before, patreon.com slash ghost town pod, bonus episodes, early access with no ads. And if you are a patron and, you know, because you know, we decided to do bonus episodes, mm-hmm. we toil over what kind to do. So if, yeah. if a bunch of people say, hey, we like the crime stuff or we like the haunted stuff or we like the weird stuff or, mm-hmm. or you know – some of the really messed up stuff, we're happy to deliver that or we'll just keep mixing it up. Yeah, asking ye shall receive. We toil over the bonies day in and day out to bring you what you never asked for. There is a new YouTube video. Mm -hmm. It is on the Cecil Hotel. Oh, yeah. Revisiting that one, one of our early favorites. Kind of went back to that with some visual aids, some hauntings, Mm -hmm. some interesting hauntings. So that one, I think, deserved a little replay. So you can go to YouTube.com slash Jason Horton, or you can find a link in the show notes. Get on subscribe. Jeanette link in the show notes. Yeah, find a Jeanette link in the show notes Mm -hmm. and leave a... Comment, subscribe, thumbs up, whatever. Venmo, we'll take it. Yeah, just Venmo Rebecca. I don't know how that helps. (laughs) It helps. It definitely helps. Mm -hmm. So we just ate some Zanku chicken. We did. We took a break, which we rarely do from the the actual recording, to go feast upon Zanku chicken. We were hungry. We ate. We're sated. It was research. Mm -hmm. It was research. We can write it off. You know what, though? When you were describing... Mm-hmm. The accolades of Zanko, I would have been like, yeah, okay, but now mm-hmm. just having some, yeah, yeah, that chicken is fucking chicken good. is really really good. That garlic sauce will stay with me physically and mentally for a long time. It's delicious, and it's not even. And actually, we'll talk about this a little bit later. It, it's not what it used to be. So this delicious doesn't compare to you know two thousand two delicious, probably. I wasn't here in LA at that point. A couple of simpletons like us, though. Yeah, we're all over it. We're all over it. That that is that's Anku Chicken on Sunset Normandy. It's still there, right? It's still there. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, that's, that's the one some... I think we ordered from. Oh, okay. So, so we're we're living history. Yeah, we're. <laughs> I guess I would say. I, I guess this is a true crime investigation. <laughs> I call it investigative journalism. <laughs> much. I have a a storage space with lots of string. All leading to Zanku. Those seven pitas I ate definitely help inform me. <laughs> that's good. That's good. I'm going to bathe in garlic sauce tonight. But that's later. What's happening right now? Let's get back to the story. In the days following Mardiros, and again, I'm, I apologize if I keep butchering his name. I suck. In the days following his cancer announcement, his mother's behavior toward him completely changed. She wouldn't talk to him. She wouldn't socialize with him. She would just go up to their room. Remember, they lived together, too. And he had always lived with her. This went on for more than a year. One day when his mother was away at work, he walked into her bedroom and took a photo of him and her when he was a child in Lebanon. He took the photo out of its frame, tore off the side depicting his mother, lit a match, and watched it burn. Then he folded up his side of the photo and threw it away. A day later, or at least the reporting that I saw, 
Their house caught on fire. I don't mean to laugh. Their house caught on fire. Flames shot up from the maid's bedroom downstairs. Him and his wife were stuck on the balcony, choking on smoke when the firefighters finally arrived to rescue them. They packed what they could and went to live at a hotel in Glendale when the house was being refurbished. It was the next to last time he would see his mother. She had taken all of her possessions and moved in with his sister, Zovig. So he's dying. His mother, sisters, nephews, nobody called him. It was only his immediate family taking care of him. He told his son, Steve, that he was certain that his mother and sisters were plotting against him. He could barely stand up. But with each week, he made Steve drive him to the two Zankus that Zovig managed and opened the safe so he could count the receipts. Steve asked his father if he could ever find it in his heart to forgive her. He said, quote, God will forgive the devil before I can forgive my mother, he said, because this is a mother, not the devil. So his mother, his sister, all of this non-communication during his cancer hit him as understandably so very, very hard. So they felt slighted kind of from what was happening, how he was kind of uh, going to proceed after he died. Yeah, I guess so. But again, there's no communication around it. There's just like a wall, which again, if you're suffering, if you're dying and, and not even that in normal circumstances, that would be so incredibly cruel. But in these circumstances specifically, where it's like, this is a person who took care of his mom and who lived with her and his family and was, they were so close knit for his whole life. And one day it all stops because he makes a decision during his last days to provide for his kids. Cold. On January 14th, damn, chicken gristle. <laughs> On January 14th, 2003, Mardiros woke up, took a shower, and got dressed. According to his wife, he put on a white silk suit he hadn't worn in 20 years and left his house with his usual two handguns. But he wasn't going to Zanku's. He had called his sister at work and arranged a meeting with her and his mother to discuss family affairs. He maneuvered his black BMW down the steep canyon and parked in front of his sister's house. He was now wearing a dark brown jacket with gray pants, according to witnesses. Maybe he changed his clothes on the way, or maybe his wife's memory had played a trick on her. It feels like an interesting detail, one that maybe it's like foreshadowing. In any case, I will let you kind of pontificate on that. A housekeeper led him into the dining room where his 45-year-old sister, Zog, was standing. She was dressed in blue jeans and a long-sleeved brown sweater. Her hair was curly like his as if she had just gotten out of the shower herself, and it was tinted a strange red. She asked him to take a seat at the dining room table and poured him a glass of lemonade. He chatted pleasantly with her for a half hour while he waited for his 76-year-old mother to come home from work. When she did, a little after 2 p.m., she was carrying a big box of food. She set the food down on the kitchen table, put on her white slippers, and greeted her daughter and then her son. Mardiros waited about five minutes and then reached for the gun in his waistband. He grabbed the handle, put his finger on the trigger, and extended his arm across the table and over the pitcher of lemonade. He fired once pretty much point blank into his sister's head. The bullet knocked her off the chair. She fell face down on the granite floor. Then he turned to his mother. She was screaming and running towards the door. He chased her down and stood in front of her, raised his gun, and waited long enough to hear her plead for her life. Don't shoot, please, she said in Armenian. Please don't shoot. He fired once in her chest. She staggered backward, falling flat and face up on the floor. She looked up at him and raised her right hand. He fired a second bullet, a third bullet, a fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth. As he looked around the room, he saw his 23-year-old nephew trembling halfway up the stairs. He didn't say a word to the young man he'd once regarded as his fifth son. He turned away and walked a dozen paces to the leather couch in the living room. He sat on the couch, pointed the gun at his right temple, and fired. Mardiros's registration of the Zanku trademark lapsed in 2000. Rita believed the chain's good name belonged to her as part of the 1991 split. But during probate, she received a letter from lawyers representing Zovig's two sons. They intended to challenge her claim. She filed suit, and they went to trial. In late 2006, 
the court ruled that the trademark belonged to both sides. Rita's in-laws and one of her nephews then countered with a lawsuit of their own, alleging wrongful death and seeking tens of millions of dollars from Arderos' estate. But their lawyers had failed to file within the statute of limitations, and the suit was dismissed. The rift is still present in the Iskendrian family, and it probably won't be mended. Zanku restaurants still, as you know from us, eating it tonight, all over, making food for everyone locally. It's a very, very sad story. It still is very painful from what I've read from the family members that exist and and still work there. Dark part of LA culture. I think the majority of people that know about Zanku and eat it probably don't know the story. Mm-mm. It come it it comes up if you look for it, especially Los Angeles crime. Yeah. Because it's such a, a local story. It's local and it's specific and the details are really intense. And it was widely, I mean, most of my sources were the LA Times. It's really been widely reported here. And also, I don't think a lot of restaurants have this kind of mythology, even from the very beginning. Now, if something happens, you know, we did an episode on the the Burger Chef Mm -hmm. murders, but that was specific to one Burger Burger Chef. Chef. This is the dynasty of Zanku Chicken has this kind of really dark history. Yeah. But it still kind of moves on, goes on and moves on. And But you know that... These people took their chicken very seriously. Yeah, I, guess, I mean, it gets it's that's how important it was to them. Where mm-hmm. this, I mean, business is always business, but I think it, you know, it, it was I think more about how important it was to them, and probably how important it was to the communities that they lived. Totally, it wasn't something that they didn't really see people enjoying. It mm-hmm. wasn't like they were a CEO somewhere who yeah. owns a big chain. They, you know, were kind of really still very much part of it and they would rather die or kill than let it it go in a direction they didn't want it to go. And I don't think I emphasized how much money these restaurants made this family. Like, I I guess it goes without saying because of how much, you know, violence and fracture there was, but this, these restaurants made this family so much money. They all had live in servants. They all had, you know, houses, nice cars. Like, this is, it was a family. And not far from where we are, right? And especially in Glendale, no. it's like extremely close, especially where I am. It's, yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's not like it's somewhere else in the really the, the Hollywood Hills. And you're talking about Sherman Oaks and yeah. talking about these places that are, you know, it seemed like they were in a way sort of uh, down to earth about their business mm-hmm. because they're not, a, you know, you if you walked into one, you would think it was just a strip mall yeah. chicken place. But it, you know, if we learned anything from the mob and crime mm-hmm. and the way things are run, it's the same story. It's a similar story at yeah. least, but it's really, a, but it's a legitimate business. But, you know, families that are kind of split and probably... It's probably very intense to to, yeah. to run to work, a business like that. To work, live, and own with your family. There's no separation. Very intense. And then when something changes or when someone slights you, that's got to hit so, so hard. My father and uh, brother owned a pizza slash chicken place in New Jersey. Really? Wait, did you work there? Did you say I, I mean, I helped out. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I was kind of young, but they yeah, they made pizza and chicken. If I've learned anything, it's... it's if you have both of those things, both of them cannot be good because you can't concentrate on one. Yeah. But from what I remember, they were both really good. Ooh. And they, looking back, they were 
two of the Jewishest looking, most Jewishest looking people. Mm-hmm. I think ever you would never ever believe they would have anything to do yeah. with pizza or chicken, wow. fried chicken. Wow. Us Jews are not known for our um, culinary prowess. It was in the, for fun fact, it was in the, in, in the kind of a crime thing. It was in the same town as the movie Lean on Me. Yeah. Remember Lean on Me? Yeah, Robertson, of course. New Jersey. Yeah. It was in that town. Huh. So it was you have a your pretty... own family mythology. Somebody want to do a podcast episode about it? It's pretty interesting. Mm, I'll pass. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.